Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome back to the Anime Trending Podcast. Once again, without Gracie. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, James, and joining me is the host that isn't Gracie. Yes, it's Nico. I am the host of the ninth Anime Trending Awards. It could have been James yes. as well. I don't remember why. I th- oh, it's because the a million miles are separate between us right now. It's because, yeah, it's because I'm 1,500 miles away now. Um, hopefully in the future, uh, one of the things that we'll be able to do is I'll be able to come in uh, for the awards night proper, especially since um, one of the things you mentioned was that two people definitely smooth things over, but more hands would probably be helpful. So I'm looking forward to the uh, the full-on, like, FBI command center like setup that we get going for next year's anime trending awards. So it it was kind of hilarious like going into that because um initially Quack was like letting me like telling me like just how the stream was going to run, all the software to use, and as soon as we looked at it and I was like, "Oh, this is just like the not for broadcast video game where imagine a game like Papers Please but instead of running like a border security you're you're running like a television broadcast so you have to choose between multiple feeds while like real-time live footage is happening ah. so it's really stressful because you're just ha- having to pick the right footage at certain points and also trying to capture stuff real time but it literally like the same software looked exactly like the interface for the video game that's so great. I thought that's that was hilarious. They... Yeah, exactly. It's probably how it was actually based on like just how broadcast media was. And so like with our live stream, it was like it made it super easy to just like sit right in. Um, and then also just making sure we're also managing stuff like in the background while the show was going on. So it was like during those two minute breaks, we were just like, all right, this is the next lines. You're the next things. Let's talk about this. Oh, we got 20 seconds. Let's go. And so it really came and went in like those two hours just blew by really quick but overall that was a really fun show um i had a ton of fun doing it and i thought it was kind of great seeing the turnout for this year was was the highest i think we've ever seen on our stream i think so yeah Um, and you can kind of tell because like even though we weren't streaming on twitch there was enough twitch chat energy between the youtube streams and the facebook stream so i was looking at a lot of the comments live um oh yeah so and i i was hanging out in the anime trending server uh because there's a there was a channel for that a chat as well that was pretty and it was popping off yeah no i I just thought it was hilarious kind of seeing that energy i think i think that was the biggest change i think from the between this year and last year um and also actively participating of course um but like let me tell you man i i think last time we recorded the podcast i was theoretically talking about the bochi sweep but I don't think it really hit until once I was actually pre- presenting the awards for like the eighth time for Bochi the Rock winning for one thing. <laughs> yeah, I um, was definitely Bochi sweep was a was a big uh, a big hashtag going around like in the Discord server, and I saw it on Twitter a little bit as well. Oh, even neat. at the very beginning, I like the first the first award because I knew how much was going to happen. Like I think I seeded that a little bit where I'm like, all right, yeah. this is the second time. Is this going to be a sweep? And I was like, actually. It's not a question. It's uh, I'm just directing. I'm just directing the flow of the engagement at that point, which was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I we're definitely gonna talk more about the award show, uh, but first I want to hop into the chart check. Okay. Yep. Let's go this week. Um, for week, this is the week seven chart check published on February twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. The season is fast approaching its end. Kind of wild. Um, 
So in first place, we have The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten. In second place, we have The Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Young Lady. In third place, we have Tomo-chan is a Girl. In fourth place, we have Buddy Daddies. In fifth place, we have The Ice Guy and His Cool Female Colleague. In sixth place for second core anime, we have Blue Lock. For sixth place for new uh, new anime for the season is Vinland Saga Season 2. In seventh place, we have Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro, Second Attack. In eighth place, we have Bungo Stray Dogs Season 4. In ninth place for second core anime, we have My Hero Academia Season 6. In ninth place for new anime this season, we have Onimai, I'm Now Your Sister. And in 10th place, we have Nier Automata version 1.1a. Look who's back. It's Nier. Nier is finally back. Immediately enters top 10. I also have to call you out a little bit because I know you and I know you like had that weird half smile grin when you said Onimine, I'm now your sister. I, I don't know why that picked up on Mike for me, but that's kind of what I was I was hearing, so... You've you've lived with me long enough to uh, be able to hear my I guess verbal uh, verbal, verbal tick verbal tick of a smile. I was like, hmm, that's not the good Christian anime that I know you're watching. Like uh, the angel next door spoils me rotten. It's important research, Nick. Gracie's not watching it, so somebody has <laughs> to figure has out what's to going figure on. Figure out why this is in top ten. Why it's been in top 10 like every week for the past four and a half weeks or something like that. It's literally like, been ranked nine for four weeks and has not moved since. It's it's kind of funny how like it's like in this weird threshold where it's like you're not good until you get past Onimai, which is I feel like this is such a low bar, but I haven't watched it enough that like you're going to have to explain, show your work, why this is not just like the most cursed show I've ever heard of. But yeah, um. It's, uh, I'm enjoying it, actually. <laughs> anyway, uh, other notable things I'm seeing here in the chart check is uh, Sugar Apple Fairy Tale, that one show that Gracie hates, jumped up eight spots. Oh, God. So it's in 13th now. No. That's, <laughs> that's really awful to hear about. Um, I did hear, though, like, Nier Automata, I think, with version 1.1a, the main thing that I saw was that, like, there's a lot of references to like the older game, like it, like not just near Automata, but there's also near Replicant references in the most recent episode. So like it's kind of interesting how it's not exactly doing the straight one for one adaptation of the game. I think it helps like make a lot of the connections between the games. So like for for once, I found that like that episode was like more watchable for someone that had already played all of the games and consumed all of the story. That's good. Definitely, like, that's one thing that um, you'd want to do with these kind of adaptations is is give something to those that have already kind of consumed the original version of the media. A lot of times when it comes to, like, manga and, um, and like, light novel adaptations, the something different is the fact that it's, like, animated and you've got, like, voice acting and whatnot. But for video games, which are often already voice acted, and have their own animations based on just how the player moves the character around and whatnot. You need something, you need something extra. And usually that comes in on like the story side. Or at least that's my thought of it. I don't know. I haven't played the video game and I'm not watching the show. I'm probably the least qualified person to make any kind of declarative statements. I, uh, I think about... it's fine to watch. I mean, it's, it's not, um, 
it, it's interesting enough that like i think the world is like enough interest to like keep someone who hasn't played the games going um it's just like what hurts it was obviously like the momentum from the uh delays i think make it really hard for it to get the the following um yeah because i know that like from our perspective as press it was like we got all of the emails when they were about to start it back up and so you you can tell even internally in all, all the, the platforms that are trying to promote the show like Crunchyroll, it's like they really need to try to get their uh lost momentum because it was billed to be like just a pretty high paying show i would say yeah. based on the promo promo work um yeah, and as, and as soon as the season changes, people are already just move on to the whatever is new and shiny. Yeah, for sure. And there's so much from next season that I'm I'm looking forward to. That it's just like, yep, this is a good, not controversial week. We have our top four shuffle again, and um, the buddy daddies have once again been resembling the lives of Gracie and Agnes for some reason. That I guess the only apparently <laughs> the only thing missing is they have to move in, become spies, and adopt a, a kid. But uh. Yeah, but other than that, uh, it's basically I, I, the same. I, <laughs> I, I do expect a drop next week, um, but that's just because, if memory serves, uh, I think Gracie mentioned it in a different chat that like this week's episode, so what'll show up on the week eight charts is a recap episode. I think so, and those historically have have not done so well on the charts, just because you know it's not anything necessarily new. Mm-hmm. And this could, this could give a chance, I guess, for then Vinland Saga would move up. Um... It, was, it had been stuck up. at number six for seven weeks after starting at number one. So it's just like, I don't yeah. know. Critically, I think that's the best show this season. Same with like Bungo Stray Dog season four, but they're not in the top half of the the lineup. Because um, like from my hot take, I, I would put Magical Revolution, The Reincarnated Princess, and The Genius Young Lady at number three at that point instead of number mm. two. Um, and then the rest is kind of its own just just complete mix of stuff yeah i think i think uh bungo stray dogs and vinland saga suffer from the fact that they are kind of like sequels so it's uh your viewer base is is almost exclusively those that have already watched the first seasons and so you you it's very hard to grow a viewer base from that yeah what's Mm -hmm. likely more to happen is like shrinkage so but the fact that it's you know they're still in the top 10 shows how large that initial viewer base is as well as probably how dedicated they are but anyway those are our chart checks uh stay tuned next week for more chart check now the most recent and coolest and most important news is of course the anime trending awards show uh we 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 started talking about it before we got into the chart check uh but i think it i think it went off really well uh i did enjoy I was there for the sound check to begin with, and that's where we kind of learned like the 30 second delay, which was by far the goofiest thing. I think this happens every time we do an audio check where I'll hop in like a Discord call or something and then try to have a conversation with the stream. But because there's that intentional like 20 to 30 second delay, it's so messy and nobody can understand each other because temporally it's just so whack. Mm-hmm. Uh which I think is like a fun little haha. Okay, at least we know that the stream is working because we're stumbling over our ability to hold a conversation. But I did also enjoy kind of, I think it was about 45 minutes in where there was the hot mic. And so everybody was like, Everyone quick, we talks. have to let them know. And so like oh three or four different people were that. all like t- <laughs> texting you and DMing you on Discord to be like, hot mic, hot mic. 
Yeah, yeah, no, appreciative for all the people who are watching the stream for quality check. Um, because we do have a giant glowing red button whenever it was supposed to be muted. So it was just the one moment we moved out and didn't didn't mute, but we didn't realize because like again, like like I said in the beginning, it was like we were we had like two minute breaks in between some of these segments because there would be a video constantly rolling. And so there was just the one moment where we were talking about what to do in the next scene that we got all those calls and I was like, Oh, sorry y'all. Literally we can't fix that for another 30 seconds because of the delay. (laughs) Um, that was pretty funny, though. I mean, I think that was a hiccup, and I think the only other like technical hiccup was that we jump scared um, Anya winning, which I was super surprised that uh, the voice actress for Anya um, ended up winning for voice actress of the year. I think that that oh, was Asumi Tanizaki. Yeah, Tanizaki son won for um, for Anya as the performance, which I thought was super funny. And like we were supposed to be presenting the um, male male actor at, at that time, um, and so that was like I think for for Natsuki Hanai for for his role. Um, yeah, but it was just kind of funny seeing the Anya jump scare, which I was like I was a little bummed at that because of just like oops we jump scared it, but at least there was enough people that I think could just miss it and we could move on to the next segment. But it was just like, we had like the big, big Anya button that we accidentally hit at that point. But uh, yeah, I, I think as far as like, whoops, that's one of the, like, it is, it's one of the ones where we can all look back and be like, haha, that's kind of goofy. Um, mostly because I, I think the one that you don't want to spoil is anime of the year. That's the thing that like really ruins all the momentum but uh oh yeah for sure because we had that and then also like the other thing that people didn't realize was that like we had kind of a time limit for the whole show because we specifically needed to get the anime of the year published by 8 p.m um yeah because outlets like ann um the point is that ann at least published a thing thank you to kim morrissey for publishing um because we ended up finishing at like 7.58 was right when Bochi the Rock got announced for winning everything ever. Yeah. Um, for winning everything everywhere all at once. Um, <laughs> that was the entire show. But um, the point is that like we had to get that out or else it was just like some some the article is going to get published and then we were going to get spooked or leaked like before the show finished. So it was like yeah. constant time check and like we, we held it then. I mean, we were able to get it to like a two-hour format um yeah where which which is good i remember uh in previous years it really sometimes the show really felt like a slog of just like man we have so many things to do i think one year was almost three hours and that was the year quack was like we can't do that anymore we have to find a way to whittle it down yeah i know like i couldn't pay attention for it and i wasn't even hosting at that point if it's three hours like that it's just too much but i think in the future we've had we have some ideas on how to like kind of shorten it up and make it easier um because i think in a lot of the time cases i think a lot of the initial genre awards i think could be cut back a little bit like i don't think we would change the awards per se so that we have way we have less categories but more like i think it's worth just presenting the winners of the genre awards in one go rather than have that take up the first 45 minutes because it's it's really tough to keep the same momentum because those those are important awards because sometimes you get like some differences in like uh, different sci-fi or different action adventure shows. But 
you don't get as many like sports shows per year. Like we could have one where it's literally only between like two shows, which in this case it felt like it was only between Aoashi and Blue Lock, which funnily enough and the golf one, right? And the, and Birdie Wing, I guess, technically counted. It was like like it's a sports show, but I also felt like it was a superpower sports show. Yeah, well, I think that I think that speaks to the nature of like who watches anime because every I think popular sports show has more to it than just sports. Yeah, like there's always either like a slice of life life aspect to it, or and the thing that pops into my head is free, where it's just like all of the characters are like super attractive, and it's like if I wanted to watch competitive swimming. Yeah, I could watch an anime about competitive swimming, or I could just watch competitive swimming. Like it, it's this. If I wanted, you know, that's that kind of thing. Yeah, if like I wanted to watch aspect. the sport, I would just mm-hmm. watch the sport. Like I could watch Blue Lock, and I can enjoy it for like you know the superpower kind of hype aspect to it, or I could just watch soccer. <laughs> yeah, and like, so so that part could be could be tough. Um, but like the other thing is that we got some actual good responses even in the genre awards. I mean, we had a great response from CD Projekt Red and the folks who produced Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Um, yeah. So we had a ton of really nice messages from that. So it's like I'm not I'm never going to cut that. I always want to like just flex on stream, being like, "This is what this is what Mob Psycho's producer thought. This is or director thought. This is what um, the Cyberpunk." Um, producers and writers thought because it's like they, they they really got hyped on that we had a lot of um press online and like yeah it was so fun after the fact because it was like once the stream was over i could go relax and i just saw all of like the twitter notifications coming in on just like yep natsuki and i retweeted our stuff we have all of the different companies um retweeting our stuff and so now quack is immediately flying to japan as we speak to go conduct secret business deals with the anime cabal. deals, which is a very fancy way of saying I'm asking him to buy me some more stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. No, I, he had just given me some some candy and stuff from his last Japan trip, and now like because of the the awards, he was able to. He's he's going back now because it's like there's so many like we need to talk in person. So I'm like I'm really excited to see how that turns out and see if that he's going to Anime Japan, which is like in a couple weeks. He's spending, I think, an entire month again in Japan. I'm pretty yeah. sure, which is like we we I think I think we've joked in a different chat that at this point he should just hurry up and just buy a house, just like buy a house in Japan, buy a property, and just and, register it as like the anime yeah. house, and it's just some tiny shack in like Hinamizawa Village. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's an Instagram account that he and I both follow, literally just called Cheap Houses Japan, which is like this curated there's a newsletter that you can like pay to subscribe to which gives you more details but there's the free feed which is essentially this instagram account <laughs> that basically like once a day posts like hey here is this house it is located here this is approximately how much it is in u.s dollars once you convert you know from yen to dollars uh isn't it nice and the most common comment on those is like why are these homes so cheap because it's for an american audience and housing in the united states is a complete mess and the response is a lot of these homes are like far away from the big city. And so because so many people are moving out of the countryside, these homes are just cheap because the demand is super low. But, you know, I think and and so there is some inconvenience with like, oh, man, it takes, you know, 90 minutes to get into the city from from, uh, you know, this this place out in the countryside, which for some Americans that might be listening, I know it doesn't sound like too intensive a commute, especially if you grow grew up in like northern California. <laughs> um 
But, you know, elsewhere, 90 minutes is like this ghastly amount of time to spend commuting. But um, at some point, you got to you got to think that like those hotel fees are going to start adding up. Yeah, for sure. Also, and, I mean, the business ain't cheap, you know. And also, though, like presciently right now, uh, Quok happens to be in Japan right about the time uh, the review Starlight live oh number God. four just concluded. <laughs> uh, which which means, though, that, like, all the associated merchandise is going to be, like, still available for a couple more days. Uh, so that, that that's so, your big thing to ask once he's over there. Yeah. Quok, please buy me Review Starlight stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm hopeless. I'm a hopeless yeah, case here. Yeah, you are. Um, that's super funny, though. Yeah. But it is super cool getting to to hear from all the creators we have a channel in the Discord, in the staff Discord server, literally called "Get the Camera," where we just share when creators kind of acknowledge our awards and uh, our charts and whatnot. And it's always so fun to see that channel just explode with content and tweets and whatnot um, after every one of our award shows. It, it was really funny, like trying to plan how to like put everyone's messages that 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 they gave to us before the show happened, because yeah. Um, the funny fact with like the cyberpunk one was that we had three different messages from three different producers and we put two of them on the stream. And as we were finishing the third segment, this is probably about 45 minutes before the show. And so it was rendering. And when we were doing our initial tests, the, the test stream ended up blue screening the, the workhorse computer so we ended up losing the third statement that we had typed out and we initially had it like pre-recorded so that way it would sound like Quack was reading it live, but that way we could, you know, catch our breath, take a break. And so I had to think about it because it was it was actually really hard because a lot of the names were pretty hard to say if you didn't consciously like plan for it. Yeah. And so I I was kind of like, you know what, forget it. We're we're just gonna have to do this live. And so there's the the classic broadcast attitude. Yeah, because then third one, third, yeah, exactly. I had that moment. So then the third statement from from Cyberpunk, I ended up just reading it out loud. Like we couldn't type it on the screen because we just didn't have enough time to like get that prepped. But like, man, there was a long, long bit where I was like, I was so happy I hit all of the the Polish names correctly and without yeah. like losing my breath or without stopping because it was like, it was like how would I describe it? It was like three long paragraphs of like really interesting discussion and thanks and then it ends with like thanking like four or five like really difficult to say um names for an english speaker so i was just like oh no <laughs> like i'm trying really hard to like just hold it in and i was able to get through the str- the um the stream and i really appreciate a lot of the comments um from from the creator such as like yep acknowledging for bartos stiber for his work on c project red really liked edge runners um yeah your pronunciation was really good um that was a comment i think in some of our friends like, <laughs> friends it's like wow nick is doing a really we, good we job we ran through it like five times because quokka initially pre-recorded the audio himself um but it took like five or six tries so i had to do like the voice coach part because i had to like just google it look at how to say everything like this is like in the hour leading up to the show Oh my goodness. And then when the, the screen crashed, it was like, oh, we can't do the pre-recorded version because we lost that data. So it was just like, oh God, I have to just, I'm going to just read it out loud. And I was just trying to channel like anything that was confident. So I was just like, help me Tyra Banks. I need to, I need to smize <laughs> on this broadcast. 
There we go. And I, I thought that I thought that part was hilarious because I was thinking that was just like, hey, channel a positive attitude, and I was just gonna get through it. <laughs> and like once it started, I was like, any nerves I had was completely gone going through. So I, I felt I felt in the zone, I guess. Absolutely. We got some great comments from the audience as well, including the greatest Spanish comment I think I will ever see. It's gonna be hard to top that kind that that one. Oh uh, yeah, no, for sure. Because you you sent me that I think once the show ended, and I was like. I, I don't know why I was giving those vibes, but I thought that was hilarious, and um, you can you can share that with the rest of the class, I guess. Yeah, nice. so I this was in, um, I can't remember what chat it was, uh, but Gracie's the one that found it initially, um, and sent it to the chat and it was a Spanish com in, into a smaller chat. And it was a Spanish comment that basically translated to, I don't understand what they're saying, but these two hosts have like sexual tension between them. Uh, this isn't Spanish. Like the guy's like, I don't yeah. know what they're saying, but I know that they're speaking the language of love. And I was, I was a little confused on that part, but I thought that was hilarious. And it was really funny. And then I sent it into a different group chat that had Medi in it because I thought Medi would laugh. In loving memory, he's not dead. We just like to think about him. Um, and I was like, Medi needs to see this. And then Medi grabbed it and shared it in yet another chat. <laughs> Everyone needs to see this. <laughs> Wait, so you initially saw that, right? Was that So were you the yeah, first Gracie one? Yeah, Gracie sent it to me. Gracie sent it to I you. I sent it to, oh, okay. to the chat in with Medi. And then Medi took that and shared it with like our hangout group in, in California. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So now everybody knows that you and Quack have sexual tension. And chemistry, apparently, is what this sounds like. Yeah. Works well on the mic. I mean, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what other thing I saw? I think I saw today there was, like, really cute artist rendition. Someone drew some additional art from the Anime Trending Awards. Like, it wasn't art that, like, we had made, but enough yeah, that it was, um, like, in response to some of the characters winning. I thought it was super cute. Somebody did some fan art of um, Shinpei and Hizuru from Summertime Rendering, so they did their own little fan art, which I thought, which I think is super sweet. I'll I'll include a link to that in the uh, in the show description. Actually, let me just you have access to it. It's in the get the camera moral post. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to just put it onto the um, description for it because that would help. Um, Absolutely, but yeah, I I would actually be super down if like someone wanted to just buy the like some of the art stuff. Like we could definitely like. Think, I, I would want to think about just sending people framed versions of like the the cards like if we if we're, we were to somehow print them on shikishi that'd be kind of cute that'd be pretty rad i mean we already do the uh the physical award that's something we maybe should have done i realize now before we sent quok to japan we'll since we already physical knew the awards yeah it, yeah it was hard i mean from the the timeline with the um the current stuff um yeah well i mean we knew the winners early enough um that we probably could have gotten those made but yeah but also it was like the trip to japan has been like kind of a last minute thing anyway oh yeah that, i think like it, it would have been something like where we would have went down when it was like like different japanese conventions that um i i guess wouldn't have been as immediate as what's happening right now is what i'm trying to say that's true there's always there's always uh all the conventions coming up in the spring and summer which i look forward to covering um and talking about on the podcast mm -hmm. but yeah so i mean dang it's just been kind of a wild uh wild year yeah i mean it was a 
because i think the crazy part is that there was a lot of shows that i think won that were winter shows and then Vochi the Rock yeah. came in fifth week of fall and just took over everything. Um, but I think regardless of which season it, it originated from, if Vochi the Rock was a summer show, I think we'd still be looking at the same story. Because I think, I think watching it before the show happened, I think it, it's way more apparent why it got the reception that it did. Yeah, I, I think that's I think it's interesting. Um, and if you'll indulge me on kind of this little tangent here. The and I I don't want to speak ill of of other um, award shows particularly because we have pretty good working relationships with a lot of them, um, but I did find it interesting that the you know fall um, twenty twenty two shows aren't included in the Crunchyroll Award nominees if memory serves. Yeah, that's super uh, dumb because like fall twenty twenty two takes place in twenty twenty two, so why is it not in Crunchyroll Awards twenty twenty two? I think it was like a recency, but I think the reasoning was supposed to be recency bias, and I I saw a little bit of people, you know, every everything that we do will will come with some detractors, and it's important as much as you know, don't feed the trolls, but sometimes somebody has something insightful to say, very rarely, but sometimes. Um, and there are definitely a couple like, you know, recency bias, upsetty spaghetti folks. Um, but the general consensus is like, yeah, again, disregarding, you know, uh, you the Rock could have been a summer show or even like a spring show and it still probably would have performed just as well. Um, I, I also kind of find it kind of funny that they're, the Crunchyroll Awards are excluding fall 2022 for recency bias when that's kind of still out of step with a bunch of other media and industry awards like there's a reason why a bunch of really really good movies get released in december it's because everybody wants to be you know everyone wants to take advantage of that for the oscars the oscars you know the academy awards and whatnot the oscars haven't adjusted they're just like this is just how it is because no matter what system you yeah um implement there's going to be some way to exploit it and so you just have to pick the one that you're most okay with. And so I guess, you know, for country rule, it's that a year is, I guess, nine months long, or it's, um, Maybe or they're just going to shift the window over crazy logic, I guess. But, um, I mean, they could include 20 fall, 2022 in like the rest of 2023. The problem with that is it still is a recency bias kind of thing, because at that point, by the time voting happens, it's not like the oldest show is 12 months old. It, the oldest show at that point is 15 months old. And that is an eternity in anime time, just because, you know, as we mentioned earlier during the chart check, as soon as a new season comes out, it's very easy to forget everything that happened previously. Yeah, and I mean, you could even just look in the historical record of, like, Crunchyroll's own shows where, let's say, Devil May Cry Baby ended up winning after a a January release. It's kind of like, it doesn't make sense why they're thinking that fall shows have a competitive advantage, but... Maybe they changed something up to justify some people's positions. I, I have no idea how to speak for them because um, apparently they them. think of us as competition, which I'm going to just... Uh, I'm flattered. I Yeah, I'm a little bit uh, miffed on that part uh, just because, you know, we've been we've been doing this game a lot longer than Crunchyroll has. And uh, <laughs> um, the only other thing, like if, I, if I'm going to use this podium to like back on Crunchyroll, like let me tell you... The people who worked on the awards, I feel nothing but sorry for y'all because, like, they're not even going to be allowed to go to their own show. 
And that's, that's the thing that, that like, like that actually rough. upsets me because it's like you're working so hard on this stuff, setting it all up. And then for some reason they decide they want to have it in Japan at 6 p.m. Japan time. So that's what like 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning for Western audiences, which is their primary um user base i mean viewership th- th- there, there, there is viewers european there is some southeast asia numbers for Crunchyroll, but not 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 as high i would say um well europe's like almost it's like europe's more reasonable but it's still not great because it means like they're having let's see if i if i remember correctly uh i have a friend in germany so it's usually what i use as a as a time clock he's six hours ahead of central time which means he's eight hours ahead of pacific so it's 10 it's 10 a.m for him uh it's 10 a.m. on a Sunday, I think. Uh, I I don't want to. My my study of of German culture, and at least, has been is a little outdated. And I only did it in high school, but there's still a pretty strong like Christian majority in Germany. It is the place where the Reformation uh, started. Uh, you uh, you're in church at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> well, I, I guess the question is like, who is the audience for this show? Because they don't know, and like. The assumption is that like they're they're playing it as if the like Japanese audience is Crunchyroll's primary thing to impress, but I couldn't tell if that's just because they're like they they the company and the people who work there just really want to be in Japan like that badly that they're gonna set the um they're gonna set the awards like this, which kind of feels cringe when I'm taking into fact like the whole office change how they they changed all the interior to look like. A weird like artist's envision of like a downtown oh, like downtown San Francisco, my guy. It's 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 so cringe. Like I'm sorry. I they don't they didn't even hire I thought they moved offices since then. No, where they moved offices wait, so the one that was like the one that looks like the place at night, they changed buildings from there? I thought that was I thought their they new changed building. buildings again. Oh, if they changed buildings then I guess that that, that I can't vision. remember. Um I, I don't really pay attention. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to dox the office, but the point is that like it was one location I remember and then it was changed. And then on the, the new location, I thought that that was the one where they they made the interior um, look. So you could get yelled at in the monkey punch get room? Get yelled at by Miles in the monkey punch room? I would cry, bro. Like I, I've said this so many times. Like, if, if I got yelled at in the room devoted to the monkey punch tribute, I, I'd cry. Um, but the point is, I was just going to say, too. is like they're – the employees who have worked on the show are not getting flown over because they're not allowed to get into the show that they yeah. work to plan on. So uh, my question is who, who is this show for? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't understand like who, and we'll probably never know. I, I will never know. And like, I won't care. Cause it's just not, it's just not as interesting, I guess. Um, because it's not only like the last show that's happening, but it's like then on top of the fact that they're excluding fall shows for like a show that's coming out in March. Like it's just like what recency bias are you talking about for like three months of delay before the final award show? Like what? I I remember um, they used to have it. I think they had it in February last year. And then before then, it used to be like at the end of January. They used to have it super early. Yeah, exactly. In, in the it was year, just, it, was like, it was like the beginning of the year stuff. So, like, I don't know what's going on. In I went to I went to one of them actually when they had it in San Francisco, uh, which was super cool because uh, I got to meet a bunch of like they had invited a bunch of like other anime creators, which at the time I think it was only my second year working with Anime Trending, and so I had like mega ultra super imposter syndrome 
because uh, it was, I think it was me and Quok and someone else, but I was just there, not entirely sure what to do with myself, going like, alright, they gave me two free drink tickets, so we're gonna make the most of this. Um, and, and then, like, just having, like, a chat with some folks, and then, oh, surprise, it's Mother's Basement. I didn't actually realize I was talking with him until, like, two minutes into our conversation. Was it just because he's, oh, no. like, naturally a tall person, and you just felt yeah, he's super tall, to, like, the tallest person in the room? Like, <laughs> Well, I was I was actually talking with somebody else who was with him, who turns out, who turned out to be um, Explanation Point, who makes some really, really good and really funny videos. Um, and so I didn't, but like you, he doesn't film his face, and so I was like, "Oh, who's this person?" We have he has he has Very good taste and good anime and good opinions. opinions. <laughs> yeah, uh, who is this? Who is this uh, well cultured handsome person. man? That's so funny. He should have a, he should have a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, uh, and turns out he did. Uh, and it was really I was still pretty new on the team, and so when I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm with Anime Trending," they're like, "Oh, we we use your charts as like a reference for." sometimes what is a good you know recent or like timely or relevant topic to make a video on and i was like oh thank you i'm, I'm really flattered uh at the time internally being like oh my god i have so little involvement with actually like producing the graphics or the charts it's fine there's some people in our group that have just amazing design taste that it it really helps tie the whole sh uh whole site together <laughs> oh yeah absolutely uh, i am so grateful to everybody that has better taste than I do, because if there's anything I've learned in my friend group, it's that I, what I think is cool, everybody else does not think is cool. I, I'm sure, you're, but you're you're saying that like as your entire computer setup is like it looks like one of those '80s computer. That's what I want it to aesthetic. look like. like. I do have all the Noctua fans that are like, like brown. God, I wish I was in a dreary cubicle. Peak '80s design. Peak '80s coloring. No, um. At Fanime, or was it Crunchyroll Expo? It was one of them. One of the San Jose conventions. Um, I, I visited Medi in his hotel room to play um, Card Fight Vanguard and drink. Mm -hmm. um, and he's in one of the ho like one of the like more historic hotels that then got converted into like the Four Seasons or whatever. Uh, but it's the the hotel itself. They have like plaques on the wall being like, "This is our historic hotel, and this is the time we had to move it across the street." Back when it was still possible to just pick up a building and move it across the street. Oh, it's super um, funny. Okay. Yeah, super cool. But it is very much, it very much had that aesthetic of like, all of these walls are kind of different shades of beige. And the hallways are like the definition of liminal space. It is this nondescript color with this 1970s rug pattern on the floor. And I'm just kind of sitting there being like, I really love this hotel room. I don't think any of the rest of my friends would like to spend any time in this it's hotel too, room. Too much history, too much potentially haunted things have happened. If it's like that. It looks like aesthetic. it looks like a cabin in like an old ski resort where a murder mystery happens. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's like truly my vibe. Anyway. But yeah, awards, crazy stuff. Uh, one, I don't, uh, I, I will call, uh, I guess, just by bringing it up, uh, I am infusing it with some degree of authority, but uh, Mehdi and I had a good good old joke because uh, R-Slash Anime also does some stuff. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. They had an interesting thing where they had a jury and then a, like a popular vote, which I found kind of amusing to a like degree. That sounds like very peak R-Slash Anime because it's like when you have a jury, it's like you're implying, quote, we're the mods and we know better than you. <laughs> like, well, what? they do in this case. 
They did. Okay, because, you think that? Okay, well, because the... in one aspect, because they voted Revue Starlight the movie as the movie anime movie. Of the oh year. my god, you guys are trash! <laughs> like, and they can't. got they got a comment. <laughs> they got a comment from the director too, which I kind of sent to I sent to Medi, and I was like, I'm crying tears oh, of blood right god. now. No, no, Atlas, no, don't acknowledge our anime. They're trying to monetize their subreddit for years. Ugh, gross. Reddit should be free. Imagine trying to make money on a Reddit. It's like, oh god, feels weird. But um, that's super funny. Um, and it's actually kind of funny because like my my pick for movie of the year wasn't even like nominated at that point. I probably should have pushed harder internally for Inuo to get nominated because that was like I forgot that was a movie. My brain thought it was a TV show. It was like the best movie I had seen in years, and I was just like, I'm, I'm personally okay with it just being for me because this movie is like just a movie for me, and that that was just how I felt going into it. Like, yeah, I, I want to watch it. I'll, I'll try to get around to it. That's uh, not only like is anime movie distribution like difficult in the U.S. Where I am located, it's even more difficult because there's some some showings where it's like. They're, they play it super safe with where they screen it. So it's like, hi, do you live in California or the Northeast Corridor? You can watch the movie. Do you live anywhere else? That sucks. Yeah, then why'd you move to somewhere else? That's the that's Grad the school. I want to further my education so I can get money. So that I can move to Japan on that new voucher program that Quok showed us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All I need to do is make $150,000 a year. <laughs> Uh, good luck, bro. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's great to kind of revel in the the celebratory. We did it. Um, I am jealous of the the after show dinner that you and Quat got because you sent pics and it was great. Yeah, it was um, the best tasting cheeseburger at the end of that. I was just like, yep, we spoke for two hours. Let's just sit in silence and just vibe. Um. We talked about like our, our stuff on the thing, but at that point it was like so nice mentally to just be like, let's enjoy Twitter now. now enjoying Twitter. Wow, what a sentence. Yeah, it's, I know. it's it's It doesn't happen that often. So it was just like, let's pull it up, see the cool positive vibes, and then just just cool moments, I guess. Yeah, it, it is really cool because I, I usually don't pay very much attention to Twitter. And so like getting to see actual like positive stuff happening is always fun. But yeah, I think uh, I think we've we've covered all the topics, uh, awards. I said rewards related. Oh, my goodness. Awards related uh, that we wanted to discuss um, next week. Hopefully Gracie's schedule gets a little bit better because I will be talking to you all about Onimai really, which is actually really really short. wants to talk about Onimai. Well, look, let's be honest, I've been kind of teasing it for the last like 5 episodes and I I'd, I'd be rude of me to not follow through on my promises. Yeah, and, um, and for sure, I think I think this would be like the first recorded intellectual conversation about Onimai in history, so I think that'd be like super cool to hear. Very cool. Yeah. It turns out it's short for uh I think Onichan wa Oshimai. So, which is funny because every time I hear Oshimai, I just think of um, Yamishibai. Oshinai. Oshimai. Oshimai. Oh, for saying it's over the end. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, and with that, I think it's time to say Oshimai to this episode. Yeah, I uh, think so. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, 
If you like the podcast, leave us a comment. If you want to hear anything, leave us a comment. Interact with us on Twitter. Uh, you can either find this podcast at, at Annie Trends Pod. Uh, you can find me at, at Konochioda. Uh, Nick, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nico, at Nico the Neko. Um, and also, we're probably, I think by this point, the VOD for the award show should be up. I know yeah. we've removed like all of the copyright strikes at this point. So we have like some bits that's like the full show and then some bits that are just like the uh just the winners just the winners so um yeah if you don't want to watch a whole two-hour vod you can get like a couple 10 minute chunks that'll give you like this the the anime trending award speed run yeah i forget if the vod also includes like the live comments that were happening on that same thing i hope so because like that was actually i believe so that the was YouTube super chat, I think fun when we have youtube chat going through um <clears throat> yeah so check that out if you if you want to um we encourage it and uh we'll see you next week yep see you next week and... all right bye-bye